Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm your host, Rebecca Taylor, and today we're joined by a really good friend of ours, Michael Markarians. Uh, he started the company Tea Hospitality. Uh, he's got about three decades worth of experience in um, luxury travel and um, is just someone really great that we love to connect with when we can. You've probably noticed his names before um, as he's our go-to guy uh, when it comes to hospitality um, and really just staying ahead of the trends and travel curves that we're seeing. So obviously living in a post-pandemic travel world, um, travel's never been as high as it's been in the last couple of years. So it was really great to get his input and uh, to hear from him about the trends he's seeing. And as always, uh, getting some fantastic new recommendations um, for trips for your own bucket list. So uh, we thank you for tuning in. If you don't already um, subscribe to us in iTunes or Google Podcasts, why not do it? It's free. It takes two seconds to hit subscribe. And while you're there, why not shoot us a little review um, or give us a rating? We love hearing from you and seeing that. So without further ado, here's Michael and we'll see you next month. Okay, good morning. Today we're here with Michael Markarians of Tea Hospitality. Uh, Michael's cropped up a bit before in some of our um, articles and things like that. He's a luxury travel expert. Uh, his company is Tea Hospitality. Um, it's really great to connect with you. We've done a few events together, um, but just to have you on the podcast, I'm really excited to have you on and to, to share your knowledge with everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a while. We've been dealing with pandemic stuff, and then luckily business has taken off again for everyone. So, you know, we're in April of the, the third April of uh, the pandemic, but I think we're, I think we're feeling much more confident now. So um, can you share a little bit about your background in the luxury travel field? This is something you've worked in for a long time. God, I love it when everyone asks me about my background because the first thing that reminds me is how old I am. Because, uh, I, I felt bad when I said a long time, but I even say I've been in it a long time, and yeah, I'm I'm old too. So it's uh, no, you're not. I mean, compared to me, I'm like 150 years old now. And the best part is, if I, if I start from the beginning, then then we're gonna have to be on for like a few hours. Okay. <laughs> but but overall. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been in the hospitality business for I want to say uh, well over thirty years or so. Um, I've experienced kind of all kinds of luxury. I mean, thirty years ago, luxury was a different thing than what it is now today. Uh, but end of the day, it really the way I look at luxury experiences is um, is stress free travel, the comfort and the quality, and end of the day is the uh, the is the conveniences out there that. Um, that you can't get anywhere else and how you how you how people how that property or how that yacht or whatever that experience is it's making you feel like that's i'd say before uh, before the bigger chandeliers and the nicer rooms and the and the big buildings i think those are the th three principles is the quality the comfort and and they how how they're making you feel like is is the biggest luxury of it all mm. um but overall yeah, I mean, I've been pretty much everywhere. I've worked in, uh, I started my career actually in Las Vegas. That uh, I opened the MGM Grand. Um, that tells you how old I am now. That's see if you cool. Can I love see. these podcasts because I learn things about people I think I know quite well. And I didn't know that about you. That's interesting. No, I was there the first night. Uh, actually, Barbara Streisand was, <laughs> was New Year's Eve and she had a concert there. That was... <laughs> So that's how that's long a cool ago. start. Yeah. 
it was. Um, I mean, we we went through a complete transformation because the whole idea was to um, have a resort slash casino slash little bit of luxury, but cater towards families um, because I don't, I don't know. There's I don't even know if you remember or not, or a few of your listeners might remember that. MGM Grand actually had a big old theme park at the backside where the conference center is now. Um, So so we were trying to uh, target the families um, because the thought process behind it was the families will come, they'll go ahead, uh, the parents, the dad will go gambling and the mom and the kids are going to go to the theme park or then the dad will go to the theme parks and the mom is going to go gambling. Right. Um, And that didn't really happen that way. (laughs) It was, everybody would come, they would go to the theme park, but they wouldn't gamble. So uh, it, it, it didn't really, it, it didn't really work very well. It just literally, see, theme park was out of the plans literally about seven to eight months later. Um, that's when, for the first time ever, actually, um, before any of these chefs moved to Vegas, it was, it was uh, with MGM Grand that they, they decided to, redo the entire theme of the hotel and the casino and the resort so they brought in a lot of celebrity chefs they brought they were the first hotel to bring in wolfgangs um then they brought in uh, mark miller and then they start bringing in emeralds actually it was when emeralds started at the mgm he was very well known in new orleans but he wasn't quite as well known worldwide the way that he that he is now <laughs> so so that um we thought if you bring in the food and the luxury of having great food, it'll bring in a better quality p- people and we'll, we'll still be a good, good way to start working on changing the market uh, to bring in a more upper scaled clientele. And, and it worked actually perfectly because we brought in um, it, it, as, as the words started, started getting around, we started getting newer clients coming in at the MGM. But anyhow, that's only part of my career. Other than that, I mean, like I said, if I keep talking, I'll talk <laughs> That's <forever>. okay. <laughs> my career. Uh, but but uh, it, it was first in Vegas that I kind of learned what luxury is all about and how you impress and what you need to do in order to bring that market uh, towards you and how and how the client wants to be feel, how, how you make him feel like that's what that's more of a luxury to them than than the larger room or the or the bigger chandeliers. Right. Uh, but overall, I worked uh, with the Hyatt hotels a little bit, which kind of learned quite a bit there. Then I worked with um, uh, with a company that we would uh, we would take over branded properties, drop the flag, and turn them into a luxury independent properties. Um, and uh, mm-hmm where I really wor- learned how the entire luxury sector works when it comes to, to, to on a worldwide scale is when I worked at uh, this company, which they're not around anymore. It's called Lux Hotels. We used to re- represent well over 200 companies, um, mm-hmm. hotels, luxury hotels throughout the entire world. And um, th- that's where we really, I really learned when you talk luxury, luxury, it all really depends where you are uh, what their culture is, what the, what kind of society you're in, what's their socioeconomic conditions, situation, right. because what's what's normal to me and you, uh, it can be completely abnormal to to, to someone sitting in uh, Doha, or Saudi yeah. Arabia, <laughs> or, 
or or someone who's in Vietnam. So it's it, it made it made a big difference. But to just to give you a little bit of an overview of my my background is um, that's that's pretty much it. I don't want to really go into it. Otherwise, I'm going to start putting everybody else to sleep. Um, and my my last last venture was to start up my own company, which is Tea Hospitality about seven yeah, years ago. Yeah, and that's how we kind of cross paths. And, you know, you're always evolving with that too. And I'm sure that goes just hand in hand with your experience and, and contacts in the field and things like that. So especially after a pandemic, like the whole landscape changes. So you know, in order to stay ahead of that curve a little bit and and bring the best to these clients. And and like you just said, you know, luxury today is very different than 10, 20, 30 years ago. Do you see any trends emerging for 2022 in this like post-pandemic world or just in general? Like are people reverting to more simple, this is an oxymoron, quote unquote, simple luxury where it's like not necessarily, you know, the big and flash, but something just like to really take advantage of that precious vacation after these years, you know, sat grounded. You know what? I'm actually seeing both, okay. uh, believe it or not. I'm seeing, um, I'm, I'm seeing, I call this the 3G travel, which is the, uh, the multi-generational travel um, it, where the grandparents have been stuck in, in their house for so long, haven't been able to travel to see their kids or their grandkids. And uh, then they're doing, they've done well in life and they want to get everybody together. Um, and, in order, and in order to do that is you have to do it over a holiday. Like, for instance, spring break is mm-hmm. coming, right? If uh, you want to get your kids and you want to get your grandkids together, well, it's tough to get the grandkids to, to go spend a week with the grandparents. Uh, so what, what they try to do is to try to go do something outrageously luxury or or something that the grandkids won't be able to afford or the, or the kids won't be able, able to afford. So they just go rent a yacht for, for a week long at, uh, to just to get everybody to... to no one's going to say no to that. <laughs> no matter how boring yeah, you find yeah, the grandparents. Yeah, it's tough. I've been getting a lot of requests, believe it or not, uh, for, for luxury villas by the ocean because they that's another way to get everybody Absolutely. together. Um, then they hire their private uh, chefs and all that. So, so that's what one thing I'm seeing on the on the travel side, when, which I think the pandemic kind of affected. Um, and then you have the other types of travelers that I I want to call them the slow travelers. These are the the one set that they started working from home and looks like they're not going back to the office. And from what I'm hearing, it looks like it's going to be almost 45% of the workforce with the United States might not go back wow, to their office. High. Yeah. Amazing. And these are, and these are the people that actually are working from home. They can afford being away for, for a month or so. And they want to, and they want to go on a vacation, but they can work while they're on their vacation. So um, we get some requests um, from s- some of our clients that they want to be in Italy, or they want, or the other day we had someone that they want to be in Greece, but they want to be able to be, co- they want to be connected the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. And and they want to stay in Greece for almost nine weeks, um, and they can do it because they can work from Greece, but at the same time they can maximize their time while they're while, while absolutely they're there. So yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting because. Yeah, if you're going to work from home, home can be anywhere now, right? As long as there's Wi-Fi, <laughs> you're good to go. 
Exactly. I mean, that's one of the tough things about that part is you have to make sure there's connectivity mm-hmm. because um, so, sometimes that connectivity, especially once you get out of United States or Canada, it's not really the best. No, everywhere. and we get that a lot with or, yacht requests is can I still be connected, which it is It's a lot easier nowadays. But yeah, there's still depends what you want. If you want the off grid trip, you're you're not going to get the Wi-Fi and the off grid. <laughs> you're going to have the one or the other or spotty at best kind of thing, you know, for some places. Exactly, exactly. But like you said, it's it's improving as it's um, once 5G came out. I think a lot of things have, have been mm-hmm. improving. But um, but again, still, it is um, it's it's a struggle. Sometimes you'd be surprised how many um, beautiful villas in uh, in Spain that they, they don't have any reception. They have to use a landline, or there's no the Wi-Fi is pretty spotty around the. Oh villas. wow! You know what? It's probably that they live a different way of life, isn't it? You know, they appreciate time, downtime when they have it. Unlike <laughs> I feel like uh, the states, especially right, it's hard to part with work. Do you find with clients? Well, of of course. I mean, in the United States, I mean, I'm not going to go too far. You you go to Europe, you can sit at a cafe, order a beer, and sit at the same table for an hour, right? You come to the United States, you order a beer, sit at a the table, they'll kick you out in 15 minutes later. <laughs> they want the next person to come by the second yeah. beer. So the, so the the way of life, I don't know about everywhere in the United States, but the way of life is a little bit fast paced as much as everyone says LA is slow paced it's uh it's pretty fast paced out here I mean even New Yorkers don't survive in LA nowadays <laughs> very true um and with the now that we are before we hit record we were saying you know everything's quite a bit more positive now um have you seen a change in in inquiries like obviously things quieted down a little bit for you guys I assume at the beginning and you know, I'm sure things have been ticking over as different countries open their borders. But now are you seeing a real bounce back? Like, do you think we're on our way back to the pre-pandemic numbers or maybe because travelers are changing, you don't really need the same numbers, but, you know, quality over quantity kind of thing? Well, I would say leisure on the leisure side, um, it is very busy. Uh, I think um, we're seeing num- I'm seeing number of different requests uh, on the leisure side coming in. Um, I think at, at all levels, anything from mid scale to luxury, it, it's um, it really started last year when the restrictions were still in place, and now that restrictions are being lifted, uh, more and more people uh, are looking to to travel, and some of them. Like my mom, they're on a revenge travel kind of a mission. Like she does, just does not stop. I mean, I now I have to reserve. <laughs> if I want to leave the town and not have her watch my dog, I literally have to put her on her calendar when I'm going to be. I love that office. your mom is my people. <laughs> no, she's just been uh, out of control. She's all over the place. That's fantastic. Um, but we're, but I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a. a bounce back on the leisure side um on the corporate side and on the meeting side that is picking up little by little i think on the corporate side we're about i want to say about 50 to 60 percent there on the corporate travel and on the on the group side i'm seeing i'm seeing that bouncing back as well too um a, a lot of the companies are being getting uh they want to get their people together and they they want to they want to do that product launch that they wanted to do. They wanted to do it two years right. ago, or they, 
they want their team to be together. So um, I'm seeing that coming together little by little as well. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, right now, if we get a call for a conference or an incentive during the summertime, it's it's extremely hard to find space, especially meeting wow. space. Um, to to play some and it's this, especially with the bounce back of the leisure travel it's sometimes even it's even hard to find the rooms and the space both of them together within, within one yeah same hotel. isn't that so interesting because i think you know probably year one of covid people were saying oh corporate travel is never going to go back and you know business seats on planes are going to go sit empty because everyone can just you know log in from anywhere now and and i don't know if it's that the pandemic lasted longer than people thought it would or what, but what you say too kind of seems like, and what we've seen and heard is that people still are a hundred percent ready to go back to that travel schedule and, and meet in person and not sit behind zoom. Is that kind of what you're seeing when you said like corporates coming back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, that corporate travel is coming, it is coming back yeah. little by little. And of course you have, but I'll just use one example. Wellness travel has picked up fairly well. Uh, it's, I mean, we used to get, I used to get maybe ten, 10 requests every six weeks for, for a yoga retreat. Now, every other call is about a yoga retreat or something. Oh, really? Okay. For like a team getaway or and, something. Yeah. Exactly. And just to, uh, for example, at the beginning of the pandemic, what happened was, Everybody wanted the, uh, the the wellness app, the, the, how to stay calm, yeah. or they wanted the wellness app, how to do yoga, or, or even Peloton. Yes, oh my God, you could <laughs> they, not find a Peloton bike <laughs> to save your life. <laughs> yeah, their, their sales just went through the roof, and now they're getting ready to file bankruptcy. Go figure that. Or they're oh, selling the company. <laughs> Is it after that Sex in the City uh, sneak peek? Yeah. <laughs> so. So a lot. It's whoever peaked during the pandemic. Some of these companies that they had a huge peak. They were. They thought the same thing that it's not going to back. It's not going to go back to normal. So they invested, put all their resources on manufacturing and hiring more people, and then all of a sudden sales start tanking. And now because everyone is back in the gym yes, now, true. They want to <laughs> at, be at least. Yeah, and it's the same thing with uh, with yoga. So yeah, I mean, I see a lot of this. Um, I mean, I'm seeing everything going back to normal little by little. I would say maybe by 2023, by end of 2023, if nothing crazy happens with the world, which uh, which is which is a <laughs> we know better <laughs> hard statement <laughs> yeah. to make. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, we're. I think that there's a very good chance that we'll exceed the 2019 number of ways of doing okay. business. Okay, that's promising. Yeah, and I think you know, even from the yachting side, as things started to open, I think in general, things started to pick up a lot because of that, you know, it had the perfect tagline. It was like the socially distanced vacation, <laughs> you know, it was like made for pandemic travel. You don't have to see anyone. There's not as many touch points and things like that. But uh, I think, uh, again, we'll probably see it even back out. But, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see that people have that pent-up need for travel and like you say the revenge travel i love the the headline whoever coined that term i just think is fantastic because i think that's what everyone's doing now and just excited to get back out there and you personally have obviously done a lot of travel and everyone likes to hear you know destinations for their bucket list and things like that can you share any of your favorite spots on the globe that you'd recommend 
You know, it is, it's, it's always tough. And they ask me that question because it's um, so many <laughs> because yeah, there's so many and I love travel so much. I mean, I'm only one of the lucky people in the world that, that gets to do what they love the most. Right. I make a living yeah. out of it. Um, and um, I would say, you know, the couple of places, I mean, I, I Rome in Italy definitely is one of my most favorite cities. I, it's there's just so much history and me being a history buff. I just uh, I go crazy every time I go to Rome because every time I go there, there's there's a new building or a, or a new church or new museum. I see that the history behind it and um, that there's there's a history yeah. behind it and, and of course they've done such a good job preserving all that too that uh, that you don't yeah. see that everywhere and no, you can't the, fit it all in, in one trip like you say you're gonna go back time and time again it, it, exactly it's impossible uh it's it's impossible to, to do that um but i would say another place that i despite the fact that i grew up on uh in cyprus which is a greek island um i I actually traveled this summer that I always wanted to go to was Santorini and, uh, and God, that's, uh, it's, it's a heck of a destination to be at. It's one of those islands that you just cannot take your eyes off of the views. I mean, there's mm-hmm. views everywhere, no matter where you go, there's, there, there's some kind of a view. Um, the sunsets are just spectacular there. I mean, I, we were at this cliffside that there must've been about two, 300 people watching the sunset. And, and when the time comes, when the sun starts kind of sinking um, towards the ocean, and you're just it's it's about to go fade away, you could you could you could hear a pin drop, and there were so and there must have been hundred people, and nobody, everybody was just so captive. Oh, sounds just, like magical. Like everybody was just <laughs> it's, it's just spectacular. I mean, I um, it's it, it it was I would say it was a very Maybe it was because we were locked up in the house for so long after the pandemic. That was the first place we went to. It was just yeah. magical. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what's happening in your life, how it affects a a, tra- a trip that you took or something, you know. But I think you're right. I mean, Santorini is definitely – I've been all around Greece, and I still have not been to Santorini myself. So it's, it's still on my list, and your description of that sunset makes me just want to go that much more. <laughs> Oh my God! I I will send you some pictures <laughs> afterwards. I mean, uh, when we got there, it was nighttime, and uh, and it was funny because it, it it wasn't a full moon, and and you couldn't see anything when when we were there. When we actually checked into the hotel, and I made sure we got into this hotel that um, it was not a, it was actually carved into the mountain. So the room was basically mm-hmm. a cave. Um, basically, they carved it into the mountain and. The hotel manager that checked us in, he goes in the morning when the when when around six thirty or so, he goes just wake up and just look at the view, because at night time you couldn't yeah. see anything; it was just pitch black. And God, I, I mean, he, he was so right. In the morning when I opened my eyes and I looked outside, this because you know the room didn't have any windows; it was just one door and it, it had windows yeah. on it. Because you're in, you're basically it's carved into yeah, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, but once I looked outside, it was, it's just, I mean, it, all it's like seeing the most beautiful painting you've ever seen in your life. It's, it was, yeah. it was incredible. Amazing. But anyways, I think, uh, I think Santorini should yeah. hire me to promote them now. <laughs> we'll send them this soundbite and I think that'll clinch it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a, definitely a place you should go. Yeah. To okay. Amazing. Um, 
I think everyone's list has just gotten longer and longer during the pandemic, but the revenge travel is uh, going to be amazing for <laughs> ticking some of those items off the list for sure. Do you have any trips coming up that you can share like business or pleasure or? Well, in business, I am going to be in Frankfurt uh, first week of June for right. IMAX. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going back to Europe again because I, Last year when I went to Europe, there were still a lot of restrictions. And uh, me growing up in Europe, I didn't, I didn't get to see a lot of yeah. my friends when I yeah. was there. Um, but I'm pretty much looking forward to that. And uh, my next big adventure is to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. So, um, I like how you just slip that in there so it's no big deal. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, that's one of those things that I've been wanting. I've been putting it up for years and years. Um, and after the pandemic, I mean, life becomes so precious. And you just and just with a snap of a finger, I you just think, oh, my God, you know, I might never be able to do that. This thing that I've been talking about. Yeah, amazing that you're going to do it. That's great. So I said, so that's that's when I just decided. I said, well, I, while I'm still not on the wheelchair, I can walk. <laughs> I mean, I might as well just get that off of my bucket list and go ahead and do that. And and that and we're getting actually, believe it or not, we do get quite a bit of requests from a lot of individuals that uh, that are looking to do similar activities because they've been the same way as I have been. They've been putting it off for years and years and years. And after the pandemic, they just go, you know what? I better get this thing done. <laughs> I think that's the best thing that's probably come out of it is people saying that, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen. So do the thing, hit the button, <laughs> tick it off the list. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to have you back on after and tell us all about it. That's on my own little list. I was going to do it a couple of years ago. Actually, the year I came and saw you in LA it was decided between California or Kilimanjaro and in the end it just they're completely different holidays but anyway it didn't uh didn't pan out it's, it's not bad to be in California that's, that's yeah. by you know some of those areas we were at hey you know I was scared so there you go uh, hey I mean uh, that gives you enough adrenaline yeah. rush right yeah we did run in Canyon that's kind of the same right I mean I think that's, hey, that's the same. That's an experience yeah. by itself. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's on par. You know, the funny part is, I I I, I often talk about this with uh, with my wife, with my sister, with my parents. That um, you know, I I just can't see myself living anywhere else. I mean, yeah. California, I mean, Los Angeles is just is the place. I mean, I can get anything I want to within a twenty minute yes. drive. Yeah. Hey, and the coastline alone would would have me there. Trust me. <laughs> I, I loved every second of being there and every long Canadian winter, I think, you know, I think the West coast is really where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> That's during the winter time. And whoever I see running around with a t-shirt and a short, as the first thing comes in mind, it's they're either from the East Coast or they're from somewhere yeah, cold they're from in Canada, Canada. For sure. Yeah. You can see us a mile away, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I'm wearing my boots and uh, five layers of <laughs> yes, jackets. We're sweating or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, well, it was really great catching up with you. And finally, we got to do the podcast together. Before we let you go, though, tell us where to find you, your website, your social handles. I think everything's 
all under the same name, which is so convenient. But let us know. It it is, yeah. I mean, uh, the website is tehospitality.com. Um, on Instagram, uh, it's tehospitality as well too. Um, I do have my own personal Facebook too. Whoever would like to co- contact, I'm more than welcome to. Is Michael Markarian. So I'm I'm not a big social guy when it comes to me with the social right. <laughs> with the social media. Um, Facebook, I you know that's that tells you how old I am, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, I start I started that thing and then <laughs> moved the business into Instagram, but uh, Facebook just stayed on to live yeah. on. Um, You'll see uh, th- those are um, pretty much uh, same same thing with Twitter. And uh, and we actually do have a TikTok channel, too. Now we're working on that. So that's going to be up and running hopefully oh, in a couple of weeks. Okay. And it's T-E-E. I'll make yeah, sure to see. tag it. But just so everyone knows. Uh, yeah. T-E-E hospitality. But uh, that's amazing. It's really been great chatting. And thank you so much for your time. No, thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on, and uh, and I'm gonna be sending yeah. you those pictures. You gotta get sent to me. Thank any. you. Yeah, I don't need anything else to push me, but I would still love to see the photos. <laughs> Thanks. Take care. Okay. All Bye. right, you too. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to see the world differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming. <laughs>